Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. It's a party in the antique store. What antiques are we talking about this week? Well, Ken, I thought I'd free you from the hell I've put you in um, recently. Yay! Let's talk about a little ditty called the Vinaigrette Box. The Vinaigrette Box? Yeah, I was doing reading about silver, did a double take when I saw a Vinaigrette Box, and I was like, do not tell me that this has been a popular salad dressing for that long. Oh, buddy, do I have news for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people have been eating vinegar for a really long time. So Vinaigrette Box is perhaps a familiar article. Is it? Do you know what it is? No. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, no idea. This is even more fun. It's a small metal box, a hinged box, with a compartment with a hinged metal grill that is meant to hold a little sponge that has been soaked in guess what fluid? Blood. No. Oh. I gave you a clue in the name of the thing. Vinaigrette? Vinegar! Hey! Now, in addition to just plain vinegar, which uh, was used as a kind of cheap smelling salt, the secret to why vinegar was the eau de choice for these boxes was because you would dissolve fragrance in it to make your own little perfumes. The vinaigrette box is actually a descendant slash remix slash evolution slash cousin of the pomander and the poncette box. Oh. I take it you're familiar with the pomander. I am. Poncette box was just a pomander but smaller. And a pomander for the uninitiated is... Either a concoction that is held within orange peel studded with clove or metal boxes that were in the shape of fruits that you would fill with aromatic herbs. And you would carry them around, in part because shit just stank a lot in the Middle Ages when the pomanders kind of popped up. And also because miasma theory was going strong and it was thought to ward off diseases that came along with stank, like cholera. So the idea being, we know things that cause disease smell bad. Therefore, bad smells must call disease. Therefore, good smells ward off disease. Hence, pomander. And now I don't have plague. And they were so, so, so close. At least in the case of cholera. They were so close. (laughs) They were so close. They were so close. So you see, over time, the stink boxes that you would hold to ward off cholera and to hold to your nose when you had to pass by the common folk and all of their window potties and all that, the boxes shrink in size proportionate to the alchemy that allowed the potency of vinegar and perfume oils to become stronger. Now, if you got, like, a really heady, acidy vinegar, you are not going to want an entire orange-sized fistful of that hanging at your waist. No? I mean, maybe you do if you really like to stank, but it seems to me like it would be the equivalent of that one guy at the bar who coated himself in Axe. I would say vinegar is altogether a more pleasant smell than Axe, but... You know. A hundred percent agree, but I'd still prefer just a, a cheeky little touch of the smell rather than big, great balls of vinegar. Just dabbing vinegar on my wrists and throat. <laughs> oh god, I hate the smell of vinegar so much. Just spraying a fine mist of vinegar in the air before me and walking through it. Oh god, don't even joke. Do you really hate the smell of vinegar? I despise the smell of vinegar. Really? Yeah, I don't know why, because we've used it to clean my whole life, so you'd think I would have gotten used to it but i just can't stand it pro tip if you're like me you just pour your vinegar into whatever like cleaning vessel you're using and lots of lemon peels kind of cuts down on how bad the smell is or bathe in it until it no longer registers as a smell i mean i've been trying that but i can't get past it damn dude i totally understand how straight vinegar was considered like a cure for fainting because like you try sleeping through that (laughs) 
Now, the vinaigrette box was most commonly silver, although later they would include silver plate. But it's important to keep in mind that this is an accessory that was seen on the wrists, hands, and necks of the upper class, almost exclusively. While the grill on the inside, um, I talked about a compartment with a grill that covers a sponge soaked in your stink of choice, almost always gilded gold. Interesting. And for once, a practical reason for that is that gold does not tarnish or get damaged by contact with acid. Ah. And silver wicked does. As a result of using some of the most precious metal you can get your hands on in the grill, they tend to be extremely intricate and beautiful, sometimes more so than the box itself. We're talking chasing, pierce work, filigree. They really go all out in making the grills look beautiful. Although the boxes in general, while a lot of them are plain boxes, can be very elegant, beautiful pieces of jewelry, as they were generally made by jewelers. At once upon a time, these were carried by men and women alike. But, as they crept into the Regency era, they had become decidedly feminine. I don't know what men were expected to do. I guess they were just expected to smell bad. And while the vinaigrette box does date back to the 1780s, their popularity, as I've said, peaked at the Regency period. Which does lead to that era being where some of the most beautiful, whimsical, and intricate examples are found from. And while we do see vinaigrettes in the Victorian era, as of the 1840s, vinaigrettes had started to become seen as a grandma thing. Oh no. They were definitely associated with like a dowager or a matronly woman. So not quite as fashionable. I saw a paper that suggested that this might be because of the repeal of the soap tax in the 1850s. That would be so fucking <laughs> funny. Oh my god. Yeah. I couldn't find any evidence to, to, like, say for sure that it was related to this, but that's such a funny idea. There's a reason you get an explosion of newspapers and working class literacy after the repeal of the stamp tax. <laughs> There's a reason you build the Crystal Palace after the repeal of the window tax. And I think we may be able to <laughs> hypothesize a connection between the popularity of pomanders and the repealing of the soap tax. <laughs> Amazing. I choose to believe it because it's a wonderful thing to believe. Now, a vinaigrette box is a very small creature. I was surprised to find out that the upper limit of their sizes tends to be two inches across. I know I was just saying that I don't like the smell of vinegar. That is not enough vinegar for me. In a stink situation, in a stank control situation, I'm gonna need more vinegar. Like, I don't know, they must have had some really, really good vinegar. And like a lot of fine luxury items, fun fact, around 75% of the vinaigrettes that have fallen into the hands of literally anyone come from Birmingham, England. Apparently Birmingham was known as a box maker's haven. Huh. You get a lot of other uh, semi-decorative boxes like snuff boxes, as well as vinaigrettes and perfume boxes coming out of Birmingham specifically. Now I know that now you know these things exist, you want to stink the place up with your little pocket vinegar box, right? Sure! You're probably not going to want to. Since these were at the time luxury items, almost strictly for the upper class, now they continue to run very expensive from the hundreds to thousands of dollars. Dagnabbit. I'm sorry. You get my hopes up and then... Although if you see a beautiful tiny box at a yard sale, do not turn your nose up at it, maybe take a look. Maybe you might be the lucky one who gets a little treasure. These seem pretty easy to overlook, just on size alone. Alright, the size does make the level of detail and artistry that went into them even more impressive. 
since a lot of those grills are pierce work, meaning that they would take, you know, small drills and small saws and cut the patterns out themselves by hand, at the size of an inch is extremely impressive. No lasers. No laser cutting. Y'all gotta do that by hand. You have to do it by hand. You've got jeweler saws and time. One of the really stunning things about the grills is that the user's the only one who ever got to enjoy them. That was like a little special de decorative secret between you and the vinegar. You can always shove your vinegar in your friend's face. I mean, uh, like, honestly, if I'm gonna spend that kind of money, then you're, like, uh, you're gonna be looking at it. Just hold up your pomander and be like, does this smell like vinegar to you? <laughs> <laughs> now, not all are cut the exact same. While most of them were just rectangles, you do get some novelty shapes. Of course, this increases the price extremely significantly. You have the wallet or satchel shape, which, like it says on the tin, others were shaped like seashells, books, nuts, eggs, and hearts. And some of the most desirable of all time, we're talking it should be in a museum-type lovability, the castle tops. Oh, I like the sound of that already. Yeah? It sounds fancier than it is. It just refers to engraving or press embossing of images of castles, churches, cathedrals, and other architectural wonders on the lid. I don't know, that still sounds dope as hell and I want one. Yeah, I really underestimated you there. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out this also was a peculiarity of the box makers of Birmingham, England, as this is also very desirable on similar items like snuff boxes. And of course, the bigger, the better. Since the common size was about half an inch to an inch across, anything larger than that tends to be exciting to see. Which, you know, I mean, how many times you said, it's a dirty joke about sizes. Wow. Hot dang. <laughs> As for identifying them, there are no reproductions. No? Because why would there be? Because me! I'm an underserved market! I know, I'm so sorry. It's just, since the vinaigrette, there have been so many other methods of holding scents that other things were reproduced instead. But my vinaigrette box! We'll get you one, man, I promise. I'm gonna be- I'm gonna be eagle-eyed at the Brimfield, okay? Okay. We'll find you one, but it's not gonna be a reproduction. <laughs> Because you're worth more than that anyway. Aww. And as for dating these, you have one major advantage in your pocket. Almost all of them came from jewelry houses, which means almost all of them are marked with silver hallmarks, which basically gives you hieroglyphics to decode the place and date of the item. For more on that, check out our silver hallmarks episode. Yeah, that one's an excellent one, and if you got a little vinaigrette you need to identify, go on down. The water's great, or should I say, the vinegar. The molten silver is great, and the vinegar is great too. I don't want to be submerged <laughs> in either liquid, Ken. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's that on vinaigrettes. Um, I was excited to find out about them. Another interesting little step in the history of perfumery. And you do love perfumery. I do. I got to admit it. Almost as much as the protagonist of The Hollow. No one loves it as much as the protagonist of The... Don't talk... Don't make people... People are going to read that now. Someone's going to be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> a, a book Ken suggested? I'm kind of astonished we haven't given it... And then you're going to read The Hollow and they're going to be... They're going to be what? What are they gonna be? They're gonna be left asking how a ghost can eat cookies. <laughs> how did this ghost eat snickerdoodles? It's been 10 years and we still don't have an answer. <laughs> it's been 10 years and no one's given me a satisfactory answer as to how he was eating snickerdoodles. I'm honestly shocked we haven't suggested that for Terrible Book Club yet. I can't believe we have it. Ter TBC, look out. <laughs> Chris Paris will be in your inbox in like five minutes. And you'll have no idea what's happening because this episode won't be out yet. Check your inbox. <laughs> You're going to be so confused. <laughs> Sources for today include silverrecyclers.com, silver vinaigrette, 
chiswickauctions.co.uk, Collector's Guide from Vinaigrettes to Snuff Boxes. Throughouthistory.com, Article 3669, ASCASonline.org, Vinaigrette, and CandiceHearn.com, Regency World, Vinaigrettes. If you would like to suggest episode topics or just say hello, you can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or you can check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you liked listening to us argue about whether or not vinegar smells good or not, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. Five stars. Smells almost as good as lemon vinegar. We received a lovely review from Anne Law titled, Love These Two. Aw. I love the rapport and jokes between these two. Reminds me of the old Johnny Carson show. Aw. Quick aside from Ken can honestly say we haven't had that comparison before. It's very fun. Plus, I learn about antiques. I subscribe so I could also listen to The Penny Dreadful, which greatly benefits from Ken's voices and Dee's interjections. <laughs> Very much from Ken's voices. I'm so glad my stupid voices haven't driven you away. Thank you. Your voice is the canon Varney. It's just Skeletor. It's just a bad Skeletor. And it's the badness of it that makes all the difference. This podcast is very much for a youthful audience, so if you're looking for dry information or are offended by curse words, this one is not for you. That's the format, so stop leaving bad reviews about that. Just move on. (laughs) Heart emoji. Thank you, dear. Thank you. You get it. And if you heard bad Skeletor impression, I must know more. (laughs) Then by all means, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of the Victoria Penny Dreadful Varney the Vampire, the Feast of Blood. I know I've been saying this for five years now, but we're really super almost done, you guys, I swear. Has it been that long? (laughs) Yes! Oh my goodness. Well, it's been four. It will be five this October. Varney took my youth. I don't, no matter what you say, 30's pretty young, man. Over the hill. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Making my retirement plans. We're retro, D. Live with it. <laughs> we are vintage. No, vintage is 50 plus, remember? We're vintage by some measures. Because if my Game Boy is vintage, then I am as well, I'm afraid. Yeah, according to search engine optimization, we're vintage. <laughs> but really, <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> According to Party City selling costumes of stuff I used to own as a kid, we're vintage now. Do you honestly trust Party City? I trust Spirit Halloween with my life, if that matters. I mean, I pledge my devotion to Spirit Halloween every October, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, (laughs) thank you to our patrons for paying our hosting fees (laughs) and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right, you. Au revoir. Goodbye.